Bill and Bob's bracket busting bonanza. I'm Bob. I'm here with Bill. I think sooner or later CBS might catch us for using their opening music. Yes, because it's just such a dead-on accurate impression. You may as well think we're recording it. Um, We're actually not. Believe it or not, that's my voice um, doing that intro. I know. Shocking. Um, On to the Midwest, finally. Last but not least. Last but not least, uh, the one seed in this one is Kansas. Um, We're recording this on Tuesday evening. Um, There was the 16-16 game, which was Texas Southern versus Texas A&M Corpus Christi. We now know the first win of the tournament in the 2022 tournament was Texas Southern, so they get the right to play Kansas in round one on Thursday night. Yes, um, and I think the uh, Kansas Jayhawks are not quite quaking in their boots about this. Uh, perhaps do you think they should be, but I, I, for for whatever reason, I doubt it. I don't see it happening. Um, I think this region, though, speaks to me in a in a different way than the last region. So we just did the um, the uh, South region, South, where where I feel like a lot of it was going to go chalk, especially early. Um, I think I picked so they picked the whole region as chalk, which means there's going to be upsets because I'll be wrong. But this region, I see um, the potential for more of those upsets that we saw in some of the other regions. Um, I think there's just some really good matchups that we'll get into. Um, even an eight nine game that uh, or an eight um, eight nine slash one game that could uh, has the potential to be interesting, and um, and uh, it kicks off with with Kansas. Um, I think it's it's safe to say that um, they've been a, a top ten top five team basically the entire season and um, have kind of earned uh, the spot as the number one after their performance in the Big Twelve tournament. Um, but that said, they're definitely the last number one seed. I think they're the number one. They're the number one that that sort of could almost be a number two. Um, they will. They're, they're they have enough experience because they've got a senior laden um, backcourt, specifically um, Okaya Agbahi, who. If they're going to go far, if they're going to make it to the Final Four, it's going to be on his back. Great shooter, capable of putting up 30-something in a game, over 40% from three-point on the season, and he's averaging almost 20 a game. Yeah, Okabaji, uh, when he decided to come back uh, for his senior season, um, I think was a big, big mark there for the uh, Jayhawks faithful. Uh, Christian Braun, the 6'6 junior, uh, is the number two on this team. It is a guy who gets a ton of rebounds um, at, at the guard spot at six, uh, six rebounds a game. Uh, both guys actually shoot 54 and 56% respectively from inside the arc, which is pretty impressive as well. Okabaji, uh, 40% from three. He is the guy who is very capable of can carrying Kansas all the way to a national championship if possible. Um, this Kansas team, though, um, certainly they, they, the, the issue here, at least in my eyes, is their depth. They really only play about six guys, and if they get into foul trouble, um, you know, 
it could be the end of them. Um, Remy Martin is a guy who comes off the bench for them, played at Arizona State. Uh, he was a incredible scorer there. Now he only averages about seven, but th- there's just not a ton of depth on this Kansas team, and it could come back to bite them. Yeah, I think I think if that if they have an issue, that will be the um, that will be where it stinks. That will be the pop, the part that hurts them not having the depth. But they do have the players to make it, and they have, they played a good enough schedule this year. They have their good wins. They beat Baylor um, during the regular season. Who are their losses? Who do Kansas lose to this year? They they have yeah, one so loss to have, Baylor that I remember. Uh, they had a. No- yeah, they had a non. There recently they had a loss to Baylor and a loss to TCU. Early season loss and is in in the early season loss in non-conference. That's glaring. Is their loss to they had a one plus one point loss to Dayton. Uh, also had a loss to Texas Tech. Had a loss to um, Kentucky and to Texas as well. So yeah, I mean, overall speaking, I think Kansas is is lacking in depth, but the guys that they do have are capable of going on on a really long run in the tournament. They have that sort of talent, um, and they have the the scoring that you need, and they have the guard play that you need. So you know, we'll see what happens. But I think that they're going to get really, really tested in the second round of the tournament. Yeah, so actually, perfect segue. We're going to go to the 8-9 game. We have uh, the 8-seeded San Diego State uh, versus the number 9 Creighton. Yeah, so Creighton coming off a couple of uh, really good wins and a great performance in the uh, the East tournament. Uh, I think they they surprised a lot of people with the way they beat uh, Providence, and they really hung around and gave Villanova absolute hell um, in that game. But um, unfortunately, I do not see them picking up the win against uh, San Diego State. You might want to go into Creighton's uh, uh, team a little bit more, but just to give you some background on San Diego State, they're they're an excellent um, they're they're an excellent all around team. Their their um, offense is a li- is lacking from a statistical standpoint if you look at analytics, but they do have the three point shooters that can get them scoring when they need it. They're an incredible defensive team they're they're number two in Kempom defensively um their offense is ranked 158 but i think a lot of that's a product of their defense um doesn't necessarily force turnovers and get you high transition points like a lot of other teams do so they play at a slower pace and um and again they don't have a great offense but they do have enough guys who can score um matt bradley is their their best player their leading scorer offensively um and he's a 40, 42% three-point shooter, averages 17 a game. And then after that, they've just got a bunch of guys who are right around the seven to eight points a game. They don't score a lot because they don't have a lot of possessions. But um, they, they've got uh, a group of guys where they can put five guys on the floor. Three of them can are, are very good three-point shooters. And then they've got uh, you know some offensively inept but defensively very good big men. Yeah, I I don't disagree with you. Their their defense is uh, very very good. Uh, I, I this game is going to be a rock fight um, against Creighton. Creighton was the um, top defensive team in in the Big East, um, and since uh, Ryan Nebhard, uh, the freshman point guard, went down, he was the younger brother of the Nebhard at uh, Gonzaga last year. Since they've gone down. Um, 
Creighton, I think, finished one and two in the regular season. Uh, obviously, made it to the um, Big East finals, but um, yeah, there's just uh, they, they're just not necessarily the same team um, that you would expect from Creighton. They don't necessarily shoot the three ball as well as you'd expect. Yeah, when you think Creighton, you think of a of a spread it out three point shooting team, not a defensive uh, squad. Yeah, they're they, they're not shooting the ball as well as um, they have in season pa- in seasons past. Uh, what I actually like about this team is they they have Ryan Hawkins, who's a six seven do it all senior. He can he shoots thirty five percent from long range. Has attempted over two hundred threes on the season, so it's it's thirty five percent, but with a lot of shots underneath his belt. Shoots uh, just under fifty five percent from inside the arc. Uh, good mid-range game and you know rebounds the basketball as well and then they have a seven seven one um guy ryan kalkbrenner who um is a very good uh, offensive rebounder could score in the post also shoots um he will shoot threes although he's only i think attempted 12 on the season i felt like he shot more threes last season but he's um a guy who could kind of score off putbacks and and can alter shots inside so they'll go as far as these two guys can take them they do take a lot of threes they have alex o'connell and uh duke transfer from a from fruit from a fruit few years ago who will put up a lot of threes as well um but yeah they're they don't necessarily shoot it at a high enough rate and i think this one um it's really it's just it's I, I don't know. It's a race to 50, probably. Um, yeah, I think you're most likely right. It'll be interesting to see how uh, Nathan Mensa is um, the big forward on. He's a 6'10 guy. He's averaging two and a, two and a half almost blocks per game uh, for San Diego State, and he'll get the assignment against the big guy from, from Creighton. So he's an excellent defensive rebounder. It'll, it'll make um, Creighton's job a little bit more difficult. Um, San Diego State's an excellent rebounding team. Even though they only have um, – they have uh, only one guy who's averaging seven rebounds a game. All their guards and their small forwards rebound at about five or or four rebounds. So everybody on that team plays defense. Everybody rebounds. Um, again, their issue is just can they score on the other end? Yeah, I will say this. Uh, just as a team that doesn't necessarily have a ton of athletes, Arthur Kaluma is a player to watch for on Creighton. Uh, six seven swing guy who could kind of He's the only one who really could kind of create his own thing um, as far as getting to the hoop. Hawkins is more of a post-up guy who um, needs to be backing you down to get into um, a shot from there. But Kaluma is a guy who could, will straight up drive on you. If, so he's certainly somebody who can um, create for himself in that way. Um, something but yeah, to take a- note of for San Diego State, they're a terrible free throw shooting team with the exception of uh, Bradley and uh, Butler. Everybody else is, is below 70%, and um, the guys that they'll be coming out with and starting, Nathan Mensa and uh, Keyshawn Johnson, are both uh, 53 and 64% from the line. So even if they get fouled a lot, they're not making their free throws at a good enough rate. They're, they're below 70% as a team, which is never and, a great thing. Yeah, and in, in what is expected to be a low-scoring game, I just looked. The over-under number is at 120, so obviously they're expecting this game to be uh, potentially in the 50s on both sides. So, um, yeah, those free throws really could turn out to be the bugaboo for San, San Diego State in the opening round. Yeah. Um, we move to the 5-12 game, Iowa uh, versus the Richmond Spiders, who were probably the last team in the tournament after winning the A-10. 
Yeah, I mean they they beat uh, Davidson. Stealer, at least. Yeah, yeah, they beat Davidson right in the. Uh, yep. Yeah, the eight-time big, final in the in the final there. Yeah, um, I think we we'd be kind of beating it to death, but we need to to keep beating it to death because there's two more in this region, uh, Iowa and uh, Wisconsin. These are teams that Iowa is as um, as divergent. Um, as far as efficiency as the team can get. Um, their offense has been phenomenal, and their defense has been uh, pretty putrid at times. Um, they like to get up and down. They like to score. They played really well in the, um, in the, uh, in the tournament that they just um, – wh- where did they finish in the, in the uh, tournament? They, they won it, correct? Oh, yeah, they, they, they won beat Purdue. The, yeah, they Purdue won the Big Ten the, beating Purdue. Trying, yeah. That's what I was trying to think of who they played. Yeah, they beat Purdue in the uh, final of the Big Ten tournament. So they played really well. I mean, you can't take anything away from them. Um, Richmond coming off also winning a, a conference tournament. Uh, this will be an interesting game. I think uh, if Iowa plays at their pace, though, Iowa should win this game. It's the next um, games that you start to get worried about. Yeah, Iowa, um, the guy to keep your eye on, uh, I think he's the second-leading scorer in the country, is uh, Keegan Murray, uh, 6'8", sophomore, who can score uh, both inside and out, uh, 40% from three. And I think that number actually was um, went even higher in the uh, Big Big Ten tournament um, over the four games. He shot the ball even better than, than his normal 40%. Uh, they also have Jordan Bohannon, another guy who um, he hit the – game winner uh against indiana in the big 10 semis but he's a guy who's probably rivals colin gillespie as a guy who's been in college for uh 10 years now um <laughs> richmond spiders though this is a team of guys who actually came back uh to make one last run at it to see if they can make the tournament they needed a strong a10 tournament and in order to get in and not stay on the bubble uh grant golden a kind of um, do it all big man along with uh, junior forward Tyler Burton and then they have good guards in in, um, in Gilliard and Cayo um, so they'll, it's a veteran team um, they're going to play at a slightly lower pace than Iowa what I tell people with Iowa is you don't necessarily count them out because they're going to be scoring for 40 minutes um, so it's really I think a matter of how much Richmond can slow them down yeah, Iowa um, has, according to Kampon, the number two ranked off. Yes. So, yeah, I mean, to sort of sum up, I think Iowa has um, more potential than any of the other Big Ten teams with a similar sort of build um, just because they're, the, the advantage to being a, an offense-heavy team is you're never really out of a game either. So they do have the ability to come back if things were to go poorly. It's just as long as they can play kind of the pace that they want and they don't have a Loyola sitting in front of them or a team that's going to slow them down to a crawl. Yeah, I, and, and as much as I do like Richmond, uh, I actually just um, was looking it up while you were talking there. They have four players. Three of them are back for their fifth season, and Grant Golden, who's their second-leading scorer, he's actually back for his sixth college season. Uh, so just a very, very veteran team. I just think I, – I don't think they could run with Iowa, quite frankly. Um, I just – and Keegan Murray is um, just as good of a player as there is at this point in time in, in, in college basketball, and I think he's got a game, if not two, in him. 
Um, if we look to the 412, um, and this is... 413. If, oh, sorry, 413. Uh, we have Providence at, at the 4, uh, 13 at uh, San Diego State out of the um, the champs out of the summit um if it's iowa versus south dakota state a team that i like uh you know that would be a an absolute track meet yeah Yeah. Uh, i'm with you i actually really like south dakota state as well in this game against providence um providence has had has the wins to sort of get that four seed but if you look behind the numbers providence has some really big holes and really big problems they really are not an efficient team either offensively or defensively i think they're they're like number 39 or 40 in ken palm um overall um and now south dakota state while defensively they're one of the um least efficient teams in the country they have the number 12 offense in the country and they can every single guy that they throw out there can shoot so they can put up a lot of points really fast. As a team this year, they shot 45% from three. Now, granted, they're playing in um, in the Summit League, and it's not you're not playing in you know the SEC with uh, those kind of bruising uh, defenses. But you know when you can roll out uh, the first seven guys on your team all shooting threes, I mean it's it's very difficult to to. Um, to play with them and I think they'll be an it, it, like I said I think if you're a basketball fan you should be rooting for a South Dakota State Iowa matchup yeah and if I actually people are going to say well South Dakota didn't, State didn't play anybody the best team that they played this season was just the second game of the season uh, the score against in that game against uh, Alabama was Alabama beat them 104 to 88 um, yeah kind of goes with the notion of um, what I've said yesterday we, on our appearance on the uh, School Board Addicts podcast was South Dakota State, I, don't, I just don't see anybody putting them away. They're going to be scoring for 40 minutes. Um, and actually, that's part of my knocks on, on Providence is they just don't shoot the three ball well enough, I think, um, to kind of distance themselves from um, South Dakota State or anybody else for that matter. Uh, to put th- it in perspective, South Dakota State averages 87 points a game. Yeah. That is a lot in college basketball. I don't care what conference you're playing in. Oh, oh, uh, 100%. Uh, Providence, um, right now, their second-leading scorer um, has a is been dealing with a sports hernia issue, uh, Al Durham. So his status is obviously, I, I would imagine he plays... Um, but they need him as he averaged just under 35 a game. Um, but it, a big thing here is going to be Nate Watson, uh, 6'10 big man from, um, from Providence. He actually only averages five boards a game. He's their, not even their leading rebounder. Noah Horkler is their leading rebounder, their, um, their power forward, uh, kind of their stretch four. Uh, but South Dakota State does not have anybody to match up with Watson. But what I will say is, they do have Doug Wilson, who it's actually coincidentally South Dakota State's um, leading scorer. He he was some all de, all defense in the Summit League, um, and he's a six seven big man. So I there's also a lot of length on the South Dakota State team. They're really their best all around player is Bay, uh, Baylor Shireman at six six. Yeah, he's a sophomore and he's a guard, and he's leading the team in rebounds with almost eight rebounds a game. He's averaging sixteen point two and 7.8 rebounds a game while shooting 47.3% from three. I mean, it's like like all of these guys can shoot and score. Doug Wilson, 40% from three, averaging 16 and, and five and a half. Those are their two 
best players, but Shireman is, I mean, he's also throwing four and a half assists as well. He does a little bit of everything for and, them. And, and Shireman, 47% from three, having shot 169 yeah. threes is pretty impressive as well. Typically, I think if you see um, South Dakota State become that Cinderella team, which there's a distinct possibility, I think you've got two 13 seeds, um, Vermont and um, Ryan Davis and South Dakota State and Baylor Shireman, and I think those are the names that you'll know in the Sweet 16 next weekend if they are to win. And and I just one last thing here is actually their leading scorer at the time, um, I think it was in December where he stopped playing, was uh, Noah Friedel, uh, their shooting guard, actually has left the team for mental health reasons and um, it actually made no difference because South Dakota State didn't didn't miss a beat, and Shireman and, and Wilson really um, took over at that point in time. But Friedel obviously not going to play in the in the in the in the NCAA's, but um, big loss for him losing your leading scorer at the time. And South Dakota State, like I said, did not miss a beat. Um, just uh, one of the hottest teams in the country coming in. They were undefeated in the Summit League, but n- not even contested. And just one last thing on them, um, mentioned on the other pod that on the guest spot that we did yesterday, South Dakota State was actually expected to win the Summit League last year. They lost in the Summit League championship game to Oral Roberts. Oral Roberts, as we know, was the 15th seed who knocked, who went on a run and knocked out Ohio State. So um, just because you were in a one-bid league like the Summit doesn't necessarily mean that you're not um, capable of beating some of these big dogs like Providence. And, that, and how did Oral Roberts do it last year? They did it by scoring. Yeah, uh, Max, Max Admis and... Um, you know the other guard on, on that team did did, did uh, have played tremendously. The six eleven game in the Midwest is the LSU Tigers uh, versus the Iowa State so, Cyclones. The um, LSU is a super interesting team. I've watched them play a bunch this year. They have some absolutely great wins this year they beat kentucky they beat tennessee they beat um alabama um they they lost a one-point game last week to arkansas and then lost so they've lost arkansas three times this year but all close games um they've also got some bad losses they lost to vanderbilt they lost to old miss they're they're a very very much a jekyll and hyde team and you don't necessarily know what you're going to get um game to game with them um they have some guys who can who can score they're not a great shooting team though they're more of a defensive team um they don't as a team they shoot about 32 percent from three um, they've got two guys who are 35 but nobody on the team cracks uh 40 percent with the exception of a forward who plays about 20 minutes a game and doesn't really shoot that many threes um Tari eason and darius day was, would be the guys you would look to um they're um, all-around good players, 16, 17 points a game, and seven uh, or eight rebounds. And their guard play, while their guards aren't necessarily um, phenomenal offensive scorers, their guards are excellent defenders. So they're going to make life hell for whoever they play defensively. Yeah, that both these teams, when you look at them, they both started the team season on um, big win streaks in the non-conference schedule and then kind of took a step back when they went into conference play. Um, Iowa State um, really kind of buoyed by just one guy doing the bulk of their scoring in um, Isaiah Brockington uh, who averages 17 and 7 
um, and shoots about 37% from three. Um, I like LSU in this game. I think the issue here, though, is Will Wade, their coach, who brought all these guys in, who had his own recruiting issues, uh, was fired on Saturday before uh, before Sunday, uh, Selection Sunday. Um, it's just a matter of, like, are, are the players now, are they disinterested? Will they play for the new coach? All the There's just, a, you know, we kind of forget. There's these, so many question marks yeah, around this team. And they, they, they're marks. the kind of team that hasn't handled adversity well thus far this season. So, you know, what are you going to see from them? And, and, and similar thing, this is a team who, when Will Wade – I think the thought was two years. I think it was was it last year where where it was unsure of whether he was going to coach in the NCAA tournament, and then he did at the last minute. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, was he, was he going to coach in the regular season too? Yeah. Right? It was the beginning of the year. The recordings came out with him. Yes. Or whatever. Yes. So yeah, I th- I think it's just it, it's such a question mark here. Um, you know. I, but yeah, I I do like Eason and, and Days. Days is a guy who, um, big time senior leader. But I feel like he's been, uh, he's kind of been there before in these spots for LSU, which is why I would lean towards them against Iowa State. Um, but I don't necessarily see them making noise in the tournament. Yeah, I mean, like I said though, they are capable of wins. I'm, I I tend to agree with you though. They, I will say this: there, Ken Palm has them as the number four. I thought they were a good defense. Ken Palm has them as the number four um, team in the country defensive efficiency. Yeah, and they are not a bad Ken Palm team either. In the fact that they are top twenty, um, but yeah, they're just uh, they've been a little bit of a Jekyll and Hyde team this season. Uh, the lower portion of that little pod there is the three-seed uh, Wisconsin Badgers going against uh, Colgate, the 14. So we, what we just spoke about with LSU, you could basically take with Wisconsin and just flip the script entirely because um, Wisconsin is a heavy offensive team that's going to do a lot of scoring. Um they are a little bit better defensive team than the rest of the uh, Big Ten teams, and I think that's why you see them where they are uh, at the three seed. They, they've been able to play good enough defense, but um, to, or, or at least they're not as um, divergent as some of the other Big Ten teams. Both are um, both their offense and their defense are top fifty, which is something that you you, you see and it's like okay, that's a little bit calming. And they've got a, uh, some good seniors on their team as well. Um, I think they'll. Uh, I think they'll win this game. Um, this is not going to be the one that I'm going to go uh, with the upset in. Yeah, um, Johnny Davis, guy on on Wisconsin, who is very capable of carrying them um, to the Final Four. He's just that good of a scorer. Um, he it's not necessarily a fantastic shooter from behind the arc, only about 31% from three, um, but he is a guy who seems to kind of be around the big moments for Wisconsin this season. He averages just under 20 a game and eight rebounds uh, as a 6'5 guard. Um, so, yeah, Davis is just one of those guys who could kind of write himself into history here. Um, but they very strange th- thing with this Wisconsin team is you're used to these Wisconsin teams with these farm boys that are six foot nine or seven feet like uh like that they had in the days when they went to the finals two years in a row but but um but um 
nobody on their team is really a fantastic three-point shooter. They're a 31% three-point shooting team, three-point uh, shooting as a team. And um, of their starting five, they don't have a single guy shoot over 35.5%. So keep that in mind. They're not a three-point shooting team. Yeah, uh, my issue they, with they them. They do score, though. They do score because they play at a, a little bit of a quicker tempo and um, and get a lot of, of mid-range and um, – and to the basket hoops. I yeah. What I was what I was gonna say was I just it's guys like Brad Davidson who's their second leading scorer. I Davidson to me is their their offense is built around you know ball movement and I just other than Davis I just don't see these guys really kind of creating their own shot. Um, so if they run into say an LSU in the second round who can you know is such a strong defensive team that's where I think they potentially. Um, could get upset um, i agree with you i don't see wisconsin going terribly far in the tournament but i actually like them to get to the sweet 16 i do um, as well based on what we talked about with lsu earlier if lsu shows up in round one and they look like a the team that they've been at the the times when they played well this year then you know you can take that and throw it out because lsu will be a very difficult matchup for wisconsin but um I, i'm not sure what we're going to see at lsu and i don't think anyone knows I, I agree with that 100%. Yeah, so I like USC a lot this year. Um, I think they, they ran into some injury problems, but they do have – there's a couple red flags that I see. Um, we all saw the run that they went on last year where they, along with UCLA, were super dangerous. They, I believe UCLA and USC actually met each other in the um, – Elite Eight and played a great game, and UCLA went on to the uh, to the Final Four. And USC had, uh, I think it was USC who beat Loyola Chicago last year, if I recall correctly, in a very close game, uh, or in, a, in in one that people really didn't expect to have happen. Um, but USC this year has very balanced team scoring wise. They've got four guys who average 11 to 14 points. Isaiah Mobley, Boogie Ellis, Drew Peterson, and uh, Chavez Goodwin. Um, they shoot the ball of those four guys. Goodwin's a big man, so he's not going to take any threes from the outside. He's a traditional big man. But the three guards all shoot the ball um, from the three-point line pretty well, all above 35%. One's 38, one's 41, uh, and one's 35 uh, as a team, they shoot at about 35. So coming off the bench, they've got Dixon Waters who can hit some threes, but beyond him, they don't really have a ton there. Um, they're a good rebounding team. Um, Mobley is really their best player. Um, my problem with USC is I don't see the wins that they've had this year. That gives me a lot of confidence for them. I think they can win this game, but going into the next round, playing an Auburn team that's as good a team, a good a two seed as there is in this tournament, uh, I don't think they're going to have. I think they're going to have a lot of issues. If you look at their schedule, their their really signature win this year was against UCLA, who also beat them twice this year they played them three times and that win against ucla ucla was not at full strength so they haven't they, they've they've lost their games to arizona they had some get postponed when uh covid spread through the pac-12 this year and i just my my hesitation with usc is i think they have the talent to be a very good team and i think we saw it last year in the tournament but i just don't know i just haven't seen it this year they, they just don't have those signatures. yeah i think last like year um obviously USC um, with 
uh, Evan Mobley um, really made them more of the team that you could kind of see going on a run. Um, whereas in this game, uh, them and Miami just kind of seem like, oh, these are just the guys from major major conferences, although the Pac-12 obviously only got in uh, two teams this year, but Miami just kind of just another ACC team, although they did have a very good uh, year in the ACC. Uh, they're just, you know, they just seem to be major conference schools kind of filling out the the tournament. Um, the thing that I'm seeing... Yeah, Miami was picked were to surprise, be near yeah. the bottom of the ACC this year, right? So so they, they, they were a little bit of a surprise team. I don't know that they necessarily have the talent, which is why I think USC has them in a, in a talent um, matchup, and I, that's what why I like USC concern? in this game. Where is this yep, game being Greenville, played? North do, Carolina. Do you know that off the top of your head? Okay, all right. So then at the advantage USC would have if it were The uh, thing that I'm seeing West with Coast USC um, in Pac, Pac-12 play, uh, their opponents um, made 39% of their three-pointers against them, which is obviously something that if they run into, say, um, it's, the thing is there's not a great shooting team in the bottom uh, half of this uh, bracket. Um, we already touched on Wisconsin, not necessarily a great shooting team. And the team, the two seed down here who we'll touch on next is Auburn, who's not necessarily known for their shooting either. Um, yeah. No, they do have but, um, Jabari you know, Smith. It's not him. some of these other schools that we've talked about, like um, like a Keegan Murray from Iowa in this region who would probably light them up from, from three or South Dakota State, which would have been a nightmare matchup for USC as far as um, – you know, if, you, if you're not running guys off the three-point line. Um, Miami, um, they have four different players who average in double digits at uh, anywhere from seven, uh, 17 down to 10. Um, th- listen, Ken Palm-wise, they're, they're 62. Uh, and I think that just uh, that kind of tells you a lot right there. Um, their wins... Um, they they only lost by four to Duke in the ACC tournament, um, but they did win they did win uh, against Duke in the regular season by two, um, and they won the turnover battle in that one seventeen to five. Uh, they just I, I don't know. There's nothing about either one of these teams that stands out to me that says that they're not going to go down to Auburn in the second round. Yeah, I agree with you. I think I think that. Uh, I think if Auburn, when Auburn saw this draw, um, especially now that I know the game's in Greenville, South Carolina, it's not a particularly far trip from Alabama to, to South Carolina. Um, there's a there's a definite advantage that Auburn has. Yeah. And I, so I think actually, Auburn's let's move to that team. one. We have the two seed Auburn Tigers uh, facing a team who have it's an interesting story of how they got here at the number fifteen uh, Jacksonville State Gamecocks. Yeah, so Auburn had one of the best starts to the season you could possibly have. They were number one for, I think, a, almost as long a period of time as anyone in the country was this year. And um, they they lost a double overtime game to Connecticut in November and then won uh, something like 17 straight games, including a lot of them in conference play against Alabama, against Kentucky, um, Against Alabama twice, actually, I take them back. Against Alabama twice, Kentucky, LSU, they they 
taken it to uh, the majority of the teams they played. Now, they do have um, the loss to Tennessee, and they lost to Texas A&M in the conference tournament. They kind of stumbled in. That's why they're a two-seed and not the one-seed. I thought that they would still – I thought they still did enough resume-wise with only five losses on the year to earn themselves a number one seed instead of Kansas. But, you know, I, I think it, it's not really the end of the world that they're a number two seed. And I think looking at their draw here, they have to be pretty happy with it because Auburn's an excellent defensive team, top 10 defensively, top 25 offensively, so a well-rounded team. Um, offensively, they start and end with uh, – Jabari, he's he is uh, just an has been yeah. an excellent player for them for um, the entire season. He's their go-to three-point shooter, shooting forty-three percent from three, averaging seventeen points and seven rebounds a game. Um, they go inside with Walker Kessler, who's uh, eleven and eight and a half uh, rebounds a game, and um, but beyond. Um, Jabari Smith, as you were saying earlier, they don't really have a knockdown three-point shooter. Sepp Jasper off the bench is a pretty good shooter, but he's only playing 15 yeah, to 17 minutes a game. And their guards, uh, Katie Johnson and uh, Wendell Green, it's not that they don't take threes because they've attempted uh, close to 150 or over 150 each, and um, but they're both at like 29 and 32% respectively. KG, K, uh, Katie Johnson... Um, Obviously, he's their second. He's their second leading scorer at twelve. Wendell uh, Johnson, right there. Wendell Green, rather, right there with him at twelve, also. But um, yeah, I, I, it's it's really all Smith, um, and Smith is gonna either make his case of why he will be the number one pick in the draft, or you know this team will go down and probably maybe to Wisconsin in the in the Sweet Sixteen. Um, yeah. Uh, the the thing that you said there is actually very important. It's that these guys do shoot threes. Like um, Walker Kessler is a twenty percent three point shooter on the year, but he's taken fifty threes. It's a lot of threes. Devin Cambridge is nineteen for eighty two from three this year. Terrible percentage. Jalen Williams eleven for forty six. These we're talking like in the mid twenties or the low twenties as far as a percentage for three point shooting goes. That's really, really, really bad. You can't have that. Below twenty five percent you should not be shooting those threes. Um that said, this is kind of, you know, Pearls had teams like this with Tennessee. And sometimes they got bounced early in the tournament and then sometimes like with his Auburn team a couple of years ago, they, they lock down defensively enough and they get a good draw. And the next thing you know, you see them in the in the Elite Eight or the Final Four. So this this you know, Pearl's teams can go either way. I think this Auburn team is more talented and the difference is they have Jabari Smith. And and having that that guy who is, you know, could be the best player in this region. The, one is, one is thing to touch on with Jacksonville State. They were they won the ace the Atlantic Sun regular season title, lost in their t- in the tournament, uh, and then Bellarmine won the Atlantic Sun tournament, but they were not eligible for postseason play because they were not a Division One team for four years yet. So the bid then went to the Jacksonville State Gamecocks. So I think they're getting a chance at second life here, but unfortunately they're going to run into Auburn. We are going to run into a break. Yeah, one last thing on on Auburn is um, Walker Kessler. To me, is th- it, he's 
we kind of talked about how, or at least my thought process is this year, I think the national champion is going to have a very strong big man. Uh, it's not going to just be a guard-dominated team. Um, and that's where with Auburn, who I think has, uh, fits the mold of a national champion, it, they do have Walker Kessler, who is an incredible, incredible uh, defensive presence, uh, averages four and a half blocks per game. Um, and that that to me is is going to be needed if you're going to go anywhere in this tournament. Um, the bottom half of this region doesn't necessarily, or sorry, USC does have big bodies, um, which would obviously challenge Kessler. But Kansas, who I think we would favor on the top half of this bracket, along with Iowa, don't. Neither one of those teams really – I mean, Kansas has McCormick, but neither one of these teams has a real strong big man like, say, Coloco on Arizona, um, Coburn. Yeah, Timmy. Coburn or, or, anything, or the guy in Kentucky. Yeah, I completely agree with you. I mean, I don't know if you're on the same page as me, but I think this is by far the weakest region. I think it's, it's, it's especially on the bottom half. I think this is wide open for Auburn, and I'm expecting Auburn to uh, win this region. I think they are a better team than Kansas, as I said earlier, um, in spite of kind of a few stumbles toward the end of the year. And I think they just have a much easier path to the Elite Eight and uh, than, than Kansas does. I think Kansas could run into some difficulty with San Diego State, and if they, get, if they play the wrong kind of game with Iowa or if South Dakota State ends up there and they play the wrong kind of game against South Dakota State. You could see, um, you could see them going down in the Sweet 16. I, I, I just this region though, generally speaking, I, I don't, I don't see a national. I, I, with the exception of Auburn, I don't see a team that's that's got yeah, the Auburn, mold, as you said, um, to be. A I'm national just looking champion. at it now. They're four and four in games decided by five points or less, um, and they only have five losses on the and season. And they have five Their losses on the year. A uh, loss that came um, by more than five points was an early season loss uh, in overtime to UConn where they lost by six. Uh, oh, okay. Didn't know it was in a double, double overtime, overtime to UConn. Uh, but, yes. So, so even more so that, 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 you know, cements the fact that they haven't played a, there hasn't been a single regular season loss they've, they've had where in regulation they were, they yeah, ended exactly. up losing a and game. And that's by where more than to me, um, I, I do think Auburn, like you said, this, they should, there is no reason why Auburn should not be in the Elite Eight. Um, the top half of the bracket, um, I think, um, you know, I think Kansas could be there. I think Iowa could, could be there. Um, but, yeah, I think this is the one where it's – it's there's so many – there's so many teams here that could kind of make a run that it just makes me wonder, does it stay chalk? Will it be Kansas and Auburn? Or is this the one that is just going to be bur- – now it probably ends up saying chalk because we talked about it this way, but I mean to this be, is the region that's to be burned right the for the thirteen seed makes the um, makes the elite eight, or you know the eight seed makes the elite eight. Uh, you know th- th- weird things can happen in this region because even the teams that like like an Iowa State team could reel off two straight wins and, 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 find and Iowa on the other hand is the, actually the darling that I'm seeing in this region at the five seed where a lot of uh, talking heads are starting to put them into the final four um, and and you know 
a team that is so good offensively like that, it is it is definitely hard to count them out. But um, their defense obviously will. It's 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 lacking, and it and it does not fit the mold of a national champion. So um, yeah, they, they, this. No, I think I think like everyone though, we just want to see Iowa play send, uh, South Dakota State in the uh, uh, round of thirty-two. That would just be oh, wonderful. It to would watch. be an over under of of one hundred and seventy-five. Yeah, it would points. be a, a track meet for sure. Uh, Bill, uh, unless you got anything else, that will wrap up the Midwest. That sounds uh, good. We'll be Get ready. Best two days of the yeah, year coming and up. And then after that, we will we will come back with a Sweet 16 preview. Um, but enjoy. Uh, this was the Midwest region.